Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 24227. I'm always asked, before we bring Pierno in, which by the way, I have Pierno working with me today, Marchese, and Belletti. I feel like I'm Tom Hagen right now. Lord Almighty. I got Anthony Pierno, Frank Marchese, and Marco Belletti. How about Hickey? Hickey bailing on you in its final oh, weekend with you. Hickey is not a wartime consigliere. And here I am, baby, even though you look at Hickey. Good God. Hickey, he's got the, what was it? The olive oil voice and that guinea charm. You look at him, boy, he, he, he is. Hickey's Fredo. Oh, come on, that's mean, Pierno. Don't say that. Kind of is Fredo, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if we were really going to do this, I'm on overweight Tom Hagen. Uh, Hickey would definitely be Fredo. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> Marco is probably Michael. You are absolutely sunny. You are a hundred percent sunny. You're, I'm sorry, buddy. You're getting shot in the causeway. I've I've heard you on a rant. You are definitely sunny. You're. Uh, I could have, I could have a temper sometimes. You and one of the bridesmaids are up in a bedroom right now. Um. <laughs> I don't, I can't think of any. I, I can't think of anybody for. For uh, Don Vito, I I don't know who I would pick. I don't know if I could pick anybody. But those would be the guys I can think of right now off the top of my head. I was going to say this real quick before we bring in Pierno. Is I get a lot of questions about, hey, Ken, you know, you're from Canton, Ohio. You work in Cleveland. I've never I've never worked. When I did play-by-play, I worked in other states. But I've never actually had roots out, outside of Ohio. I lived in Youngstown. My wife's from Youngstown. Um, I, I went to Akron. I lived in Akron, and I've lived in Cleveland. And, you know, I work in Cleveland. And they go, why aren't you an Ohio State fan? Why are you not an Ohio State? Because the first thing is, anytime I start talking Michigan-Ohio State, people automatically assume I'm a great big Ohio State homer. And I used to be. There was a time, there are baby pictures of me, and people can't understand this. There are baby pictures of me. There was something like in the 80s. It was called, I'd have to get the photo out and then ask my mom, even though my, it's hard for my mom to speak it right now, um, of like a Ohio State teddy bear club or a cub club or something like that. I don't remember, but somebody sent away when I was born, and so I got this baby picture of me, like when I'm a few months old, not even, and it's me in this, like, Ohio State getup. 
and I was a big Ohio State fan. Orlando Pace, Eddie George, Bobby Hoying, Andy Katzenmoyer, Sean Springs. I can name them all, man. I was a huge Ohio State fan. And Ohio State, Michigan for me, I remember fists just raining upon me from a man named Jason Perry because he was a huge Michigan fan and Tim Biakabatuka and Amani Amari Toomer, fine-dressed Amani Toomer, and just raining down upon me fists because I had the gall, the audacity to say anything negative about Michigan. I used to hate Michigan's guts back in the day. And this all started to change for me when I was in ninth grade and then 10th grade, and this is the embarrassing thing. This is why I say it in front of John U. Bacon, because the old standard had been, hey, if you got a pulse, you can get into Ohio State. Well, by the time I became a kid, things that certainly changed. So it's me, big Ohio State fan, and I'm in computer class, Pierno, and, and they're going, well, we're going to send now because they, they want to get you to go to college. And the whole thing is to get you to go to college, which I have another com- a whole other commentary on that some other day. So they go, we want you to pick three schools to send a letter to requesting information and type it out and go throughout it. So I did that. I did it for Akron. I did it for Kent State. And I did it for Ohio State. And the one you wanted back was Ohio State. I wanted to go to Ohio State bad. I really wanted to go to Ohio State. I got something back from Kent State. I got something back from Akron. Akron was like, oh, we'd love to have you because Akron is kind of a school where I ain't going to lie. Yeah, if you got a pulse, you can get into Akron. (laughs) That's where I ended up going. I'm proud of Akron, damn it. But I got nothing back from Ohio State. And my teacher was an Ohio State cheerleader back in the 80s. And she's like, well, just send another. They'll send something back. I sent another. I get nothing. I sent another. I got nothing. She wanted me to send one more. That would have been the fourth. I go, no, I'm not going to sit there and beg them if they don't want me. I, I know where I stand in this in this thing. I, it wasn't like I was a 3.8 GPA student, by the way. I graduated with a 2.5. Yeah, clearly they did not want you. So. Yeah, they clearly didn't want. And that, to me, that was the first seeds that were sown. Because by, 2012, by 2002, you know, they were a national championship team. There were a couple kids like you went to high school with who, who – Ended up on that team because then when you had Jim Trestle there, this is where Ohio State has really changed over the last decade plus. And this is a good thing for Ohio State fans, but I, I've, I've had this long theory of this. You, as, If you're an Ohio State fan, you root for Ohio State as you would your favorite NFL team. Guys are from all over the country who play for your favorite NFL team. Back in 2002 when that team won the national championship, Let's go Dustin Fox, Kenny Peterson. Was Jamar Martin on that team or did he already graduate? It might have been Jamar Martin on that team. Mike Doss was on that team. Donnie Nicky was on that team. That's five guys I can think of off the top of my head. I bet I can name a few more too who were from Stark County, Ohio, my area, my area that were on that team. Because Ohio State, when they won, that to me, 2014 was a good one for Ohio State fans. That That 2002 season. That was the most special national championship Ohio State has ever had because it was your neighbors, it was your nephews, it was your grandsons who played on that team in in the state of Ohio. Now you got them from all over, and it's a machine, and it's not seen, it's not the way it used to be. And that's fine because there's plenty of people who, they didn't go to Ohio State either and they're just big Ohio State fans. And they think it's weird that I just, I'm not part of the Ohio State cult. I'm just not. 
I like I like Akron. Akron football is very poor right now. I'm an Akron football fan, and it gives me some perspective to look and say, okay, these are the problems I see with Ohio State, but Ohio State has very few problems. These are the problems I see with Michigan. Well, Michigan has a few problems. These are the problems I see with Notre Dame. This is the thing I kind of like about Notre Dame and whatever. Like, I can do that now, but I don't have, except for Akron, I guess, I don't have a really strong favorite team. The other, like, team I would really pull for would be Ashland University, and that's D2, and that doesn't even count. So there you go, Pirino. Does that make any sense to you at all? Yeah, you actually told the story last week, so. I told that whole story last week? Uh, about you sending. That had to be like applying, two weeks ago. No, it was last week about applying to Ohio State, and you never got any response oh. back from them. Maybe I secretly do hate Ohio State. I'm not sure. Um, Pirino. Yeah. First off, I hope you're doing well. Yeah, not too bad. Got some bad sinus going on right now. Got oh. some sinus problems. You got to take a test? What happened? You got to take a test? What do you mean you got to take a test? You know, you got to take a test? I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'm just saying, I got to make sure you don't have the the COVID there. No, I have sinuses. Okay, but I want to make sure you're okay. Yeah, I don't have COVID. All right, what the hell? I woke up a couple of days ago. My eyes are, like, all puffy. It's annoying. Okay, well, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Gosh, you got so defensive when I asked you if you had the COVID. No, I don't got the COVID. It's a legitimate question. All right, what is our top five topic here? So, PlayStation 5 was released this week. I'm not sure if you knew about that, but it was released. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm asking for the top five favorite video game consoles. I'm pr- oh, Consoles? Consoles. Oh, man, Pirano, I All right, fine. You can be that good. And mine ain't going to be that good. Just letting you know now, Pirano. Of course, I say that, you'll get all defensive and angry. You're an angry guy. Again, you are sunny. <laughs> Look at you laughing. You, you see, know I'm right. See, you see, I know, you were about to trash the uh, the top five. I know you're not happy with it, but you held back because you know that. Because you'll we, get all upset. Yes, you'll hold it against we, me for the rest of the show. We went down this road once before, and I warned you oh, to never God. go down that road again. You Guys, just, he, You better folks, fake it. You better he, fake it next he time. He acted I like you. I insulted his mother. Like, he got that upset with me. I was like, it's the top five. I can rip the top five if I want to. Oh, no, I cannot. I better not because it's going to be a beating. He is going to lay a beating down on me. So top five video game consoles all time for me? Yeah, your favorite, yes. All right, I bet I could, I bet I could come up with a good top five. I think you five. can. I mean, I would, I I bet would I think I bet I could come so. up with a good top five here. Uh, Atari's not going to be on the list. That's just not going to happen. I, I, Yep, you know what? I got a good top five. We're going to have a good top five there. Pierno, well done, buddy. I <laughs> – what? I, don't know if, I don't know if I believe you or not. I think you I swear to be, God, yeah. no, because I'm I'm thinking about. You just don't want to get reasons. me angry. Now you I don't care if I angry. honestly. I don't care if I get you angry. I only have 40 minutes left with you in the show. I mean, what the hell, right? Well, you gonna carry that anger with you the rest of the week? You might. You're a pretty angry person. I could hold a grudge. Yeah, you can. I could You're hold a grudge for a grudge. long time. I'm I'm willing to wait and sit back and get my revenge later on at some for, point. For all the people that I know who hold grudges, and people from my area hold grudges with the best of them, I don't hold a grudge. It's very odd. All right, so top five video game consoles. That's coming up in the top five at 11.20 a.m. Eastern, 8.20 a.m. Pacific. Pirino, very well done, my friend. Yeah, thank you. The great Anthony Pirino. Mm. <laughs> Speaking about the Ohio State thing. I, I saw earlier this week when they canceled the Ohio State game this weekend against Maryland. I saw a lot of Ohio State because I'm from Ohio. 
I see a lot of Ohio State media, and, and some of those folks are friends. Uh, I didn't see the great Tim May freaking out, but I saw like Ari Wasserman bringing up a couple other people. Uh, I, I look at it this way. For Ohio State fans, for Clemson fans, for Alabama, and it's like a broken record when I talk about these college football programs. When I talk about those teams, and there's a couple of others, you got nothing to worry about. I heard Bob Bowles be on earlier this week when he was asked a couple of questions on SiriusXM, when he was asked a question about what they would do for a college football playoff and whether or not they could move it back into January and even early February. Bob Bowlesby said, oh, everything's on the table. There's a possibility. And I go, exactly. Because there were a lot of people going, hey, you know, they say you you have to play six games in the Big Ten. You got to play six games in the Big Ten if you want to be eligible for that Big Ten championship game. And Ohio State, they need all the games they can get. They have to win that. They have to get to that Big Ten championship game. And, oh, now this puts even more pressure on them to be able to play Indiana next week. And and, and they got to they gotta get these games in here. They, they really got to get these games in here. And I, when I saw these tweets, I go, no, they don't. What are you guys freaking out about? Now, I can take I can take as much evidence as I want to, which they already said before I brought this up today, when that news first came out, I believe on Thursday, they already said, well, we could always switch it to be an average. Guys, they're going to game the system for you. If you're, in a certain, if you're a certain fan of a certain team, of a certain college football team, if you're a fan of those teams that I just mentioned, of the of the powerful and the elite, and throw Notre Dame in there as well. They're going to do every damn thing in the world to get you into a college football playoff. It's the same in college football as it is in business. They're going to try to work with the very biggest and the very best and make as much money as they possibly can. If we're going to have any uh, any sort of vision of grandeur, and I hate to do this to the American Athletic Conference because there's t- there's plenty of quality football teams in the American Athletic Conference, okay? I don't mean to say anything about UCF. I don't mean anything disparaging about Cincinnati, but you know where I'm going on this. UCF has been a quality program here over the last handful of years. Cincinnati, boy, Luke Fickle's done a hell of a job, and I really like what Luke Fickle's done, and I think I'd love to see him up in maize and blue. I think that would, end a lot, that would be a lot of fun to the rivalry. They've done a great job. And you could give me an argument and say, Cincinnati deserves to be in the four. UCF deserves to be in the four the way it was a couple of years ago. Not this year, but the way it was a couple of years ago. You could give me that, just like they used to back in the early 2000s. And Boise actually broke that, remember, because they had the bowl games. But they used to make the argument about Boise State. They deserve to be there. They deserve to be in the picture, and you pound the desk like I'm pounding it right now. And you get all upset about, well, that's you as a fan. But they're going to go with business. And they are willing to bend the rules for the biggest and the best. It's the same thing as bailouts. They're willing to bend the rules for the biggest to keep them afloat. Because they know that Ohio State means money. Do you think that Kevin Warren and the Big Ten, well, you know, we said six games, and damn it, we're keeping it to six games. All right, well, who got six games in? Well, you see... Well, we got Penn State, we got Purdue, and that's going to be the Big Ten championship game. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, it's not. If Ohio State season ended right now and they were at 3-0 and and you had to do some sort of a weird vote, they're going to vote Ohio State in over Indiana for a Big Ten championship game. I can tell you that right now. If they had to look at some sort of an average, the points for, the points against, 
I'm telling you right now, they will find any way they possibly can if they said nobody's playing a game until the Big Ten championship game. What you is is what you is. Well, I guess what you is right now is Northwestern against Indiana. Okay. I'm sure that's how it's going to play out. I'm sure that's how business is going to roll on. How about Wisconsin at 1-0? Well, Wisconsin's only played one game, and the last time they played Ohio State in a Big Ten championship game wasn't at 59 nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Wisconsin's Wisconsin. We're talking about Northwestern here in Purdue. They cover it up. This is the, this is the beauty and the frustrating thing about a pandemic. In 2023, you can't look at anything that happened in 2020 and use that as a rule. But because it's 2020, I'm willing to do anything I want to be able to make sure that those teams that I know make money and put them in a Big Ten championship game and then put them into the college football playoff, I can do anything I want to make sure that happens. Because remember, we're all just happy to have a season, and we are. We're happy to have a season. And that means you're going to be happy to have a season, and you're going to be really happy to watch the top football teams that make the most money like you've been watching over and over again. At the very outset of this, I had to say it over and over. This plays into the hands of the power the power five of the power five, the five biggest schools, the five that make the most money, this plays into the hands of them. You always hear about business people. Business people, some of the biggest tycoons, what do they say? What are the ones that we are willing to listen to because the other ones, everybody has a crazy idea, but we never hear about the failures. We always hear about the ones that were at the tippy top. They always say, I like to buy during bad times. When things are down, when in 2008 you buy because then you can sell later. That's what you do. When things are tough, that's when I pounce. And it's the same thing in college football. People are desperate to make a buck. People are desperate to keep keep what they have, to, to, to have any sort of, of progress for themselves. You go with what you know. You go with what, what you know is going to make you money. And in these trying times, this is best for Ohio State. This is best for those schools that I mentioned. This plays into their hands perfectly. Ohio State doesn't have to play another game. You think they're going to be left out? Clemson doesn't have to play another game. Clemson lost last week. Is Clemson really going to be left out? No. No. Indiana? Indiana's 3-0. Congratulations on being 3-0. Look forward to 2021. <laughs> you ain't getting in. You could say that's unfair. It is unfair. That's business. That's college football. This is the Ken Carmen Show. Oh, my God. Let it play for a minute, won't you, Hickey? Or won't you, Pierno? I'm sorry, buddy. Oh, jeez. I know. It's just the best music. Just let it play. It's always best when they come back from commercial break and they do these breakdowns. Oh, the 84th Masters back here. Jim Nance alongside of Vern Lundquist. Earlier this week on Thursday, it was Louis Oosthuizen who went out to an early lead. Then moving day Saturday, Bernhard Langer. Another year older, another year wiser. And they show him sinking some putt, the crowd going nuts. And then they do the welcome in, and they show Jim Nance, and he's, gosh, he just looks so great. Ah! It's a good time for America right now, boy. It's a good time, Pierno. Sorry I messed up the whole thing by accidentally calling you Hickey. I'm sorry, I miss Hickey. Okay, I miss him. All right, there we go. I don't know why you would miss him. It was last weekend with you, and he bailed on you. Yeah, he so did. So clearly he doesn't give a damn about you. No, he doesn't give a damn about me. He's a piece of trash. What are you going to do? He's Fredo. 
He is Fredo, man. You are. You're loyal. You're loyal to the family. Are you ready, Pirino? Are we ready for the top five? Are you okay? Have you accepted it? Not that yeah, I really. I mean, not not, not that I give you a choice. I mean, you really had no choice in the matter. No, I had no choice in the matter. But I, I'll, I'll accept it the best I can. You know, this is this is the way it's going to go. This is just the way it's got to be. Okay. All right. So again, PlayStation Five was released this week. So I said <laughs> top five favorite video game consoles. Bed. Listen to this bed. This is great. All right, top five video game consoles, right? Yes. All right, now we go in ascending order from five to one. Go yeah, ahead, Pierno. All right, uh, so number five, NES, my first system that I ever played. You know, simple gameplay, uh, launched iconic characters. You know, Mario had been in some arcade games, but it wasn't until Super Mario Brothers that the character really took off. So, And I remember when I was able to get through Mushroom Kingdom and save Princess Peach from the evil Bowser... <laughs> How excited I was when I was younger. <laughs> so, NES coming at number five. Plus, you know, Duck Hunt, all that stuff. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, NES coming at number five. Number four, Nintendo 64. As I remember it came out at the time. It just it was like nothing I'd ever seen before with the graphics. You know, the advanced 3D graphics and, um, you know, introducing the 64 big gaming. So it just opened up a whole new world with the three-dimensional gaming. You could yeah. race around the world and explore and adjust the camera to cover all aspects of it. The controller was different. You had the rumble pack, so it added that, like, whole new experience That's of playing right. games. Had, That's had, right. Yeah. Had the, for yeah. had the force feedback. Great for multiplayer, is able to plug in, you know, four controllers into the one console. And then, of course, the great, I mean, how many iconic games did it have, including GoldenEye? I mean, how great was GoldenEye? Did you, yeah, you remember, did you play GoldenEye? Yes, I did. All right. So, Nintendo 64 coming at number four. Number three, uh, in modern times, I'm going with the Nintendo Switch. Uh, again, capable of being cast to the TV or played as a handheld device. So, Extremely versatile, easy to enjoy, and it has a lot of like great exclusive games like uh, The Legend of Zelda and uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So a lot of great exclusive content, and it's you know mobile games are just fun. You take it on the road; it's a good time. Okay. So Nintendo Switch at number three, number two going with Xbox 360 because like it elevated gaming in a lot of ways. It had the wireless game pads. Uh, bundled into the box. So wireless controllers were around before the Xbox 360 came out, but you had to go buy them. And so it standardized the wireless game pads, the Xbox 360. Uh, plus, again, it just like had the new entries of Halo. So that it's helped establish the franchise into what it is today. Oh. Gear Gears of War. Uh, so it just it, it popular um, popularized achievements that you could get while playing games. So it just it took a lot of things that had had been around in gaming and just like took it to another level because it had the feature of Xbox Live. So that definitely raised the bar for online play. And then you could also uh, stream TV, uh, video, and music on the Xbox 360. So that comes in number two, and finally uh, number one. Going with PlayStation 2, uh, best-selling video uh, game system of all time. Again, just had a wide selection of games and content. Uh, the advanced 3D visuals, again, at the time were great. And just the whole look of it, 
You know, it kind of had like a boring, the, the, the first PlayStation was kind of boring looking gray. And then the second one came out, it was just like, it was like sleek and stylish and like futuristic with the black yeah, design. That's true. Uh, you could play DVDs on it, which was big at the time, I yeah, remember. Yeah, that was huge. That was a, such a breakthrough. Yeah, then. and yeah. also uh, it was cool. You could play games from the original PlayStation. They worked with PS2, so that was great. And then just, again, iconic games. I mean, Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas. I mean, we all remember that. So, yep. again, it just, I mean, th- they finally ceased production 2013 on this. So this thing had 13-year run, PlayStation wow. 2. Uh, that comes in at number one for me. That's okay. That's pretty good. Now you went because of ba- you basically d- used yours because of overall quality. Uh, mine is very personalized because you just said Xbox 360 and Halo. First off, I hated Halo because I couldn't play it. I could not. I cannot grasp first-person shooter. So my friends would yell at me like back in the day. Like I worked at a grocery store and everybody go down to the basement and go hang out and. You know, play video games and and doing that. What else in the basement? Up, well, we would go up and look at the car. That's what it was always going upstairs and looking at Don's car, which means that you go out in the garage and, well, you know what else happens. So, uh, they would yell at me because I was terrible at it. So it it has bad memories of it. And the first time I played online, I've played online twice in my life. I have never been called so many racial slurs by twelve year old kids <laughs> in my entire life. Little white. 12-year-old kids saying things that they should not be saying. I'm like 17-year-old going, listen, I don't know where you're at. I'm about to drive to Little Rock, Arkansas and bust your ass myself. It's infuriating. It's absolutely infuriating. So that's off the list. Here's my top five. You ready? Number five, handheld Tetris. You can find handheld Tetris. Handheld Tetris. I love Tetris. I loved it to this. I would love it to this day. If somebody gave me handheld Tetris, I would probably block everything else else out in my mind and play handheld Tetris. Which I know that you're you're underwhelmed by that. It's going to be an underwhelming list, but it's a personalized list to me. Number three, PlayStation Three. Why? I traded in my PlayStation Four that my wife bought me that I played like three times. I traded it in. Knowing I was going to get, this is the days right before Facebook Marketplace, folks. I knew I was going to get ripped off by the game store. And I just did it anyway because I wanted the PS3 so I could play NCAA football. And I still play NCAA football on PS3. It's in my office right now. I'm looking at it. My dynasty is Georgia. So far, we're kicking ass. We're 9-0. I'm better than Kirby Smart. We'll find out today against Auburn. I don't want to turn into Ken Smart. I don't want to turn into Ken Richt. Number three, Dreamcast. What do you think of that, Pierno? Sega Dreamcast. Yeah, very good. And you know why? It's the first person shooter game, or the not the first first person shooter game. It's the first shooting game that I ever won, I ever beat. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six. I, w- I couldn't believe it. I finished that game, and Dreamcast has a special spot in my heart because of that game. Number two, PlayStation. The original. It was my first. I still haven't beaten Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> 34 years old now, and I don't think I'm ever going to play Crash Bandicoot again, so I, I'll, I will have never beaten Crash Bandicoot. But fond memories of playing NASCAR with my dad, playing football against my dad. I was a, I was an NFL game day guy. I was not a Madden guy. I was game day. Sorry. It's true. Uh, that was my first ever game system. My number one, and it's because I never got one, and I begged my parents, and they still were like, no, you're too young for video games. Uh, Sega Genesis. 
Love all Sega. my friends had all my all my friends had Sega Genesis. I'd go play at their house. Sonic and Tails, Mortal Kombat. They also Road had Rash. they also had great oh sports my. games. The sports games were better yes, on Sega did. than on Nintendo. Well, yeah, but what about te- like Tecmo Super Bowl or Super Tecmo? No, of Bowl? course. Oh yeah, no, that's great. No, I'm saying overall, I, the, the oh, games okay. for Sega Genesis were better. Man, we used to play Road Rash on Sega Genesis. Holy Toledo, man! You want to talk about good times? You take the bat. Remember, you could take the bat from the other rider and beat him with the bat. Yeah. You can't do that now, man. Those are good times. Sonic uh, the Hedgehog. Sonic, yep. Sonic. I said we used to play Sonic and Tails. Yep. I used to be Tails flying over everybody. Everybody wanted to be Sonic. I was fine being Tails. Um, so I, I had a blast with that. But I my I remember for whatever reason my parents used to let me watch anything. I watched Major League when I was five years old. But uh, you know those those video games will rot your brain. I think they just didn't want to pay for it. So by the time I was like eleven or twelve. They ended up getting me a PlayStation, and away I went. So there it is: Sega, PlayStation, Dreamcast, PS3, handheld Tetris. Have you done like any of the virtual reality games recently? Because like the video games are so immersive nowadays. Uh, no, I haven't tried that yet. I I know a lot of people are trying because I'm a big I'm a big racing fan, a big NASCAR fan. A lot of people have tried to get me into iRacing. Um, it just that seems to be a lot. I mean, I got very small kids, so I I can only squeeze in a little bit of game time here and there. I'm not a big gamer anyway. And I'm feeling like if I were to actually get an iRacing and, and do all the things for iRacing, like I wouldn't get one of those like $30,000 rigs or anything. That's stupid. But for a guy like me, that's stupid. But what I'm saying is is that I can't – I mean, I can't do a full two-hour whatever race because you know, they, they demand attention. So when they get a little older, maybe I get a little bit older and then maybe things change, maybe I'll do it. But right now, no. No. So Would those you, are my five. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now, I was going to say, you know, um, we, if you had the opportunity, you know, you didn't have to eat or go to the bathroom. They just could hook you up in virtual reality and where everything was magical and great. And, you know, like you said before, you don't like looking at yourself because you're fat. So you could go into okay. like a virtual reality pod and just everyone's like praising you. And, oh, Ken, you look great. You look really slim. You know, no, you cause I know, I know, I know truth. I know truth, and I All would right. not be thrown. So you wouldn't be willing to, you wouldn't want to go into a virtual reality no, I, pod, and I okay. still prefer real life. You real know, they've life. done they've done many things with many great activities. I I still prefer the real thing. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Trust Just me. I, I prefer the real thing. All right, that's fantastic. Well done as always. Coming up at high noon Eastern, we got to get into a little bit of NFL as well. Uh, also, I might be lying to myself about the Masters. Speaking of the Masters. We will talk to Jimmy Hanlon at 1240. Up next, some football in general with college football and what's going to happen tonight when it comes to Michigan and Wisconsin. Matt Fortuna going to join us, college football writer and analyst for The Athletic. He joins us next. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is The Ken Carmen Show. 855-212-4227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, and it's brought to you by the fine folks at GEICO. Right now, you could save an extra 15% or more on car insurance. All you got to do is go to Geico.com. Bundle home and car. It's easy. Go to Geico.com now. Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Later on, we'll talk to Jimmy Hanlon, PGA Tour Pro, Fox Sports host. Get the latest on the Masters with him. I got something to admit about the Masters that you might not think is true. Coming up at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Joining us right now on the show, Matt Fortuna. From The Athletic, the host of the Shamrock Podcast, college football writer and analyst for The Athletic. Find him on Twitter, at Matt underscore Fortuna. Matt, thanks for joining us today. Ken, thanks for having me, buddy. So you host the Shamrock Podcast. So I don't know I don't know how you, what you think about Notre Dame. 
because anytime I talk about Notre Dame, people go, oh, Ken, you're wasting your time. They're, they're pathetic. They're a bunch of frauds. And I go, well, wait a minute. If they win tonight, meaning yesterday or last week, if right. they win tonight, I think you need to take them seriously. Well, they beat the backup. I go, no, 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 no. At a place like Clemson, that's just the next guy in line. That guy's going to be a first-round pick more than likely too someday. So, yeah, I know. They beat Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. I still want to give Notre Dame a ton of credit. How much credit should I be giving Notre Dame? I, I think you're spot on. Um, I think you can make a very solid case after the last two weeks, one of which we, we saw the first week we saw DJ Uyangalai lead the greatest home comeback, I believe, in Clemson history or close to it. The second yes. week he set an opponent passing record for yards against Notre Dame. I, I think that guy is the third best quarterback in the country, and he's going to probably be on the bench the rest of the year. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields might be the only people I can say right now who are definitively better than him. I think, honestly, if you want to make an excuse for Clemson, you got to talk about the injuries on the defensive side of the ball because I think that was where the biggest drop-off was. It wasn't such a huge drop-off from Trevor Lawrence to DJ Uyango LA, which uh, there's going to be a drop-off anytime you replace a guy who's probably the best quarterback prospect in a decade or so. Uh, but, but that Clemson offense was really good. I, I give Notre Dame a ton of credit. Um, we've seen them play – up to their competition before. We've seen them go toe-to-toe with Georgia twice recently, lose. We saw them go to the last play with a defending national champion, Florida State team, in 2014 and lose. Um, We haven't seen them break through and win. And I felt like watching much of the second half last Saturday, it felt like the same old story, right? Close but no cigar. You could practically pre-write that story. You could pre-write what everyone's going to say afterwards, saying we're almost there. But you know what? Uh, Close but no cigar every single time. It doesn't get you anything. Brian Kelly, I think, has done a tremendous job in his 11 years at at Notre Dame, but he lacked that signature victory. And on Saturday night, he got them that. Ian Book delivered in the clutch, leading them on a 91-yard drive to force overtime, leading them to two touchdowns in the two overtimes uh, to ultimately win it. Notre Dame football got its high-definition highlight uh, last Saturday. They got their first win over number one in 27 years. And uh, regardless of what happens from here on out, I, I, I think that is very, very significant. I don't know if you're ready for a hot take or something you're going to think is stupid. I was actually glad to see Tommy Rees beat Brent Venables in the, in the in the duel of the coordinators that I was being told last week. And let me tell you why. Because Tommy Rees can at least compose himself. I get so angered. I'm going, buddy, you're an adult. You're an assistant coach. You shouldn't need somebody to pull you back off the field like you're going to run out there and start attacking anybody over here. Okay? Like, you're not the road warriors. You're a defensive coordinator. Please compose yourself a little bit. So I was actually happy to see Tommy Reese come out on top in that matchup. You know, he's just boosting our economy. The backup coach has become a staple in college football now. There's more jobs for everybody. So I think I think Brett Venables is actually doing everyone a favor in that regard. It's funny because he is, you know, a psycho on the sidelines, as everyone who's ever watched a Clemson game can see. And Monday through Friday, he's like the nicest, most normal guy in the world. And um, game day demeanor, yeah, you don't get more polar opposite than – Brett Venables, and probably his, his, his cohort on the offensive side of the ball, Tony Elliott at Clemson. And then you have Notre Dame's duo of Clark Lee and Tommy Reese, who are two of the most, like, chill, laid-back guys. You could talk to them, I think, especially Clark Lee. You could talk to them for 10 minutes and never know what they do for a living because they, they kind of buck the stereotypes of your conventional rah-rah football coach. But, uh, yeah, not too many people get the best of Brent Venables. Um, and I think it's safe to say, uh, you know, not that Brent Venables had any shortcomings last week. He was dealing with a very hamstrung roster, but um, you know Tommy Reese absolutely delivered on Saturday night, which 
you know, I think most people had faith in this hire. He's a 27-year-old first-time offensive coordinator and play caller. Um, but but for him to go out and have the performance he did in just his seventh career game calling play, seventh or eighth, and beat the number one team in the country, I mean, that, that, that shows me something. Matt Fortuna joining us on the show. Find him on Twitter at Matt underscore Fortuna from the Athletic College football writer and analyst as well as uh, host of the Shamrock podcast. Should Notre Dame be nervous about Boston College later today? Uh, if you're a historian, absolutely. I, I don't even need to repeat, right, what happened the last time Notre Dame beat number one <laughs> in 1993. Um, you, you have the the personal factor, right? You have Phil Dracovic, uh, who was a Notre Dame backup quarterback last year, who transferred, um, was pretty open about how unhappy he was in South Bend, and is now leading the ACC in passing yards for Boston College and is really with that offense uh, to, to new heights. So uh, there are a lot of dynamics at play here. It's the red bandana game at Boston College, which is always an emotional day. Um, and Chestnut Hill as well. Um, I, I think the two factors that, that, that would not worry me um, if I'm a Notre Dame fan right now is, one, when you look at the strength of Notre Dame, it's in the trenches, and those things are kind of recession-proof or, or upset-proof, if you will. You don't need to worry about uh, who's going to be amped up, how high or low they're going to be. They're just going to do their jobs every week and beat the crap out of the guys they're lined up against. So I think that calms your nerves if you're a Notre Dame fan. And the other thing, and few people are talking about this, um, but – Boston College, I think, has been one of the surprise teams in college football this year. Jeff Hathley has done the best job of any first-year coach in the country, for, for my money. He's also coaching his ninth game in nine weeks uh, without any real offseason as a first-time head coach. And they're in a three-week span now where they're playing number one on the road and number two at home. Um, I, I think emotions can only get you so far if you're Boston College today. I think you're right about that, Matt Fortuna, joining us on the show. All right, I asked this question to John Ubake, and he said, "Well, you know, they're 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 gonna, Michigan's going to do what Michigan's going to do. They're going to reevaluate some things. <laughs> what, do you have, what do you think ought to happen with, with Jim Harbaugh there? Because I think they're at a crossroads. I, I liken Michigan to Notre Dame in the terms of I think you have to build up to a season and then be a national national championship contender that season if you're going to keep that high of academic standard, if you're not going to recruit the guy who's only going to be there for three years and move directly to the NFL. And for a guy like Jim Harbaugh, I don't know if that's the right matchup for a university like Michigan. What's your thoughts? It's interesting. I mean, we just spent a lot of time on the show talking about the narrative around Brian Kelly not winning the big game and how that was flipped on its head last week. Mm. Um in year two, Jim Harbaugh was a literal inch away from beating Ohio State and, and probably making the playoff. And I think uh, th- that shows how, how, how thin the margin for error is, right? If, if Michigan wins that game in 2016 and beats Ohio State, um, yeah, I mean, look, Harbaugh's under fire right now for, for being one and two, but um, you know, his, his entire career at Michigan is put in a different context. That said, you know, the result is the result, and, and there's been nothing – uh, since then, to, to give anyone um, in the maize and blue any indication to think that this program's in the same league as Ohio State right now. And, and so, look, I, there, there is the Harbaugh effect, right? I mean, he doesn't last long anywhere he's been. Um, he, he, he just swears on people. Um, right now, on the field, they don't seem to have much of an identity on either side of the ball. Uh, he has just one year left on his contract, which is almost unheard of in, in this day and age in college football. And he's getting paid a, a pretty healthy sum. Uh, to go out there and, 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 you know, for his sake, do better than he's doing right now. I don't know how it ends. I just have a hard time seeing this marriage lasting uh, much longer. Uh, and I don't know where you go next because, like, he was the dream hire, right? Like, that was the guy. It, he was going to come home, beat Urban Meyer, and restore the winningest program in college football history uh, to, to the top of the mountain. It hasn't happened. And I think I could probably give you five guys right now who I think could go there and win 10 games a year and do a good job. 
But the, the standard at Michigan is beating Ohio State and winning national championships. And you're only going to do that if you recruit your tail off 365 days a year and if you develop quarterbacks. And uh, those are two areas where Michigan has come up painfully short in the last five years. Matt Fortuna, follow him on Twitter, at Matt underscore Fortuna. Matt, we can't thank you enough for the time. Definitely going to have you on again if you're willing to do it. Take care. Enjoy the weekend, my friend. Anytime, buddy. Stay safe. Thank you, Matt Fortuna, joining us, college football writer and analyst for The Athletic and host of the Shamrock Podcast. I I know that Pony came on last week. He better atone for it this week. Pony came on last week at 2 after my show and said, "Woo, the only people who think that Notre Dame can beat Clemson are Notre Dame fans. Which, boy, I've gotten some things wrong in my day. That was pretty, pretty damn wrong. So I hope he atones for it at 2 p.m. Eastern. I like Notre Dame this year. I've told you before, I know that they have, they're going to have to go through Trevor Lawrence again. I just, I do worry about the Boston College thing. The one upset that I saw, I told you this at the beginning of the show, it's, 20, it's 2002, I believe it was. Notre Dame's right up there at the top. I had a weird dream that week that Boston College upset them. Wouldn't you know who won the pony, in the words of Jim Cornette. And I get this weird feeling. I go, man, it's an emotional game last week. You're back on the road. Jeff Halfley's doing a good job. And I hate what Matt Fortuna says is true. I don't know if you can just roll emotion into it the entire time. Notre Dame might just be a much better team. I think you really find out what type of Notre Dame team you have this week as opposed to just last week. Last week you learned a lot about Notre Dame. Don't get me wrong. But you find out just how serious they are with what they do this week against Boston College. Just a team they should beat. They shouldn't have some emotional letdown here. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.